4: Sean King on VSIN Prime Time.
6: It is hour three of Vieson Prime Time. Filling in for Tim Murray and Sean King, I'm Danny Burke, and alongside me is Adam Burke, the long-lost stepbrothers, as we like to say. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Skating Tripods, myself at Danny Burke5, and VCN, the Sports Betting Network, at VSN Live on the Tweets. So just to kind of reset some things, there were some notable stories of the day uh, throughout the sports world. And that, of course, would correlate with sports betting. And look, this topic, obviously a little tough to get into, and there's so many layers to it. But, Adam, you and I you and I talked about this at the beginning of the show uh, with the Alabama Crimson Tide, the basketball team, and the comments that Coach Oates said uh What was it exactly? It was just wrong spot, wrong time, somewhere paraphrasing, but something like that, just not what you really want to hear. And again, the depths get deeper and deeper with this Crimson Tide team certainly would cause a distraction and an impact potentially to the roster with the newest news uh, for them going forward.
7: Yeah, so Brandon Miller wasn't charged initially, but the police investigation has shown that apparently he was texted to bring the gun that was ultimately used Um, in the murder uh, that Darius Miles uh, is accused of committing, uh, another player on the Alabama basketball team. But as you said, Nate Oates had mentioned, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Well, a lot of backlash, as you would expect on social media for his comments, especially in light of what was, uh, you know, released about the investigation today. So Nate Oates has issued a statement, said that – now I'll just go ahead and paraphrase this instead of read the whole thing, but he says that he wanted to clarify the unfortunate remarks that he made earlier – you know, and then basically goes on to say he didn't mean to downplay the seriousness of the situation or the tragedy of that night. We were informed by law enforcement of other student-athletes being in the vicinity. And law enforcement has repeatedly told us that no other student-athletes were suspects. They were witnesses only. Our understanding is that they have all been fully truthful and cooperative. So, we'll just have to wait and see kind of how this whole thing plays out. But NATO is issuing a statement uh, kind of clarifying the unfortunate remarks He made earlier in his words.
6: Yeah, and of course, something difficult to get into without a doubt. But from a betting perspective, we talk about looking into the futures and how difficult it is in general, but especially something like that with the top team in Alabama. Now you may be having to deal with one less guy, a very key player, and distractions nonetheless. But that was some of the biggest news out of uh, college basketball. And keeping it in college basketball really quick, Adam, just some brief updates. Uh, At the half, Tennessee, Texas A&M, knotted up at 31 apiece. So good job by the Aggies to get back in the mix. Defense stepped it up. They hit some big shots, although with six seconds left, they just let the volunteers go the whole length of the court and get an easy layup. So not ideal. But uh, they could be in a worse position here because the last we were talking about them, they were trailing by six, catching two in the hook. Now it's tied, and they're laying two in the hook.
7: Yeah, so good job by the oddsmakers in this game. They pretty much had this line exactly where it's tracking. Speaking of teams that have improved their situations here, uh, Villanova now leading yeah. on the road in Cincinnati against Xavier. We talked about it, a lot of steam on Villanova. Second straight game that's happened. I'm sure it happened prior to that with Justin Moore coming back as well. Uh, but you know they came out of the second half. They played very well here, uh, holding Xavier to 14 points
6: in the second half while putting together this comeback. Are you – Tempted to maybe jump in on Xavier, plus 145, eight minutes, still plenty of time? Or is it just a little a little scary now because of how Villanova's looked in the second half? And I guess the lack thereof with Xavier in their offense.
7: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we're, we're talking about pretty sustained drought at this point for Xavier. I mean, they scored 36 points in the first half. They have 14 in the first 12 minutes of the second half. Uh, generally, when you average about a point per minute, that's really not a very good thing. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously Villanova made some adjustments here. Justin Moore, by the way, he's got 20 points, he's 8 of 11 shooting. You can see why he means so much to this team, especially the Villanova team had a little bit of turnover from last year. So I don't see any reason to get involved right now, but it will be interesting to see if Villanova doesn't finish this off, then you know, do we kind of see a little bit of a correction of their perception out there in the market where maybe they don't take money in their next game?
6: Miami leading 41-35 to 35 over Vod Tech. The Hurricanes currently a three-and-a-half-point favorite. You had a bet in this game, St. Louis and Richmond. St. Louis up nine at the half. They're laying six in the hook on the live line. Uh, for anybody who hasn't done anything with that game, I tried to. I missed it. I feel stupid. Uh, <laughs> you know, selfishly, I'm hoping they come back so I could get a better number, but obviously I want our guy Adam here to cash his ticket. Would you recommend anything with that number at six in the hook, total 138 in the hook? I know we haven't been watching it, so it's not something you necessarily love, but based on some of these numbers and what you expected, is there anything that's enticing?
7: Well, I mean, I think St. Louis, you know, one of the the big tenets of my handicap here was that St. Louis was going to get to the rim and Richmond probably wasn't. And Richmond took 21 threes in the first half. They hit seven of them. In fact, they're kind of right on their season average, shooting 33.3%. They've actually been a little worse than that in conference play, but they're right on their season average. They're chucking threes like crazy, and they're down by nine. So probably not looking to take Richmond, and I don't really want to double down on St. Louis uh, in this spot either. But one other game I want to mention here real quick, because our producer, Britton Hess, came in during the break and asked if there were any mid-majors that I thought were interesting going into the NCAA tournament or at least going into their conference tournaments. One of them that's pretty interesting from the Horizon League is Youngstown State. Youngstown State can fill it up. They are a really good offensive team. Uh, they're up by four against Robert Morris going into halftime. Robert Morris is not a great team by any means. They shot very well in the first half. We'll see if they can continue that in the second half, but keep an eye on Youngstown State here because looks like maybe they're in a bit of a battle, but that's a team coming out of the Horizon League that would be pretty interesting uh, if they kind of got one of those three fourteen games or something like that.
6: I want to do a quick update here Adam in the NHL, a uh, couple interesting situations. The Canadiens up 3-1 over the Devils, the Devils close is over like a $3 favorite. Montreal with a 3-1 lead despite that, uh, only minus $2 on the money line, plus 155 for the Devils on the buyback. Even if you want to take the puck in the half with New Jersey, it's minus 175 and if you want to lay the puck line with Montreal, plus 130 live total at 7 in the hook. Uh, the Devils out shooting them 14-10. to 10. Nothing's too crazy. It's just the Canadians have been taking advantage of their opportunities. But that one is something to monitor. Also, our guy Jonathan Davis hopped on earlier, talked about the Maple Leafs. They were heavily steamed throughout the day as road favorites. After that loss to the Blackhawks, they came out uh, ticked off to say the least. They're up 4 nothing against the Buffalo Savers, Adam. Land minus four in the hook, plus one twenty if you feel so inclined. With Toronto total at eight and the hook. Yeah, not exactly what the Sabers
7: were hoping for uh, in a rival game. Buffalo only four points out of a playoff spot as well. But uh, Lukonen or Lukonen, the court, the, uh, the goalie here for Buffalo, um, not a long night for him. Saw ten shots, stopped six of them, got pulled in favor of Craig Anderson. So, you know, kind of is what it is. But I think also a pretty interesting development here is. Uh, The Ducks and the Lightning are tied at 0-0 early in the second period. Uh, The shot's very even in this game as well. So the Ducks, who were
6: an enormous
7: underdog in today's game, hanging in there uh, thus far with Tampa Bay.
6: Yeah, Tampa Bay was about a $6 favorite. I didn't do anything in this one. If I were going to, Adam, I was going to do maybe like a team total with Anaheim under, but... Even at like two and a half, it was still some heavy juice to the under. He had Vasilevsky at home. Tampa Bay obviously just being a way better team this season than the Anaheim Ducks, who have struggled in beyond that on the road. But like you said, they're hanging in there. Uh, if you want to lay the puck line with Tampa Bay, minus a buck forty, they're minus four fifty on the money line, plus three twenty for the ducks, totaled now at four and a half. Unders, even money, over minus 135. And then the other game, uh, the Hurricanes up 2-1. Blues just netted a goal, so it was 2-0. Now it's 2-1. Oh, and then we had the other one, Detroit, up 2-1 against the Capitals. Uh, The Red Wings needing some wins here, as do the Capitals, but without Alex Ovechkin, I believe, once again, uh, tending to the matters of his late father. And uh, Ovechkin should be back later this week. Uh, We'll have to see, but Detroit up 2-1. Total six and a hook in that game, minus 190 for Detroit, Washington, plus 145 on the live line. Uh, I know you're not necessarily enamored with hockey, but is there any point whether it gets closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs, beginning of the season? Do you ever get involved on a consistent basis or are you too ingrained with like college hoops and baseball and everything? No, I
7: think it's just tough. I mean, I'm, I'm so far behind when the NHL season starts because it's college. I mean, the MLB playoffs are still going on. Plus college football, plus the NFL, you know, you you just, you have to prioritize, you know, it's hard to try and dabble in all these sports and, you know, my previous stops, I did, you know, I was covering all of the sports pretty much across the board, largely looking at the NHL in terms of situational spots, you know, just kind of quick handicaps like that, but you know, you just, you have to prioritize and kind of try to play to your strengths a little bit more. I mean, skating tripods, as the name implies, I used to play hockey. I really don't anymore. Used to be a sport that I was much more invested in. Not so much, you know, these days, just because, you know, other things have kind of taken my attention away. But there are still opportunities, I think, to to be able to make money in a market like that. And especially because a lot of people love to dabble in the player props now that, you know, for the longest time weren't really available except for, you know, in those faraway lands.
6: So the Buffalo Sabres are your favorite team, huh? They are,
7: yes. So when I was in high school, we had Adelphia Cable, which was based out of Buffalo. And the owners of Adelphia Cable, or people that were very involved in Adelphia, were the owners of the Sabres. So I got Empire Sports Network. I got to watch the Sabres okay. growing up. And, and that was before, I mean, the Blue Jackets came into the league, I think in 2000. So, you know, I kind of grew up with the Sabres as opposed to
6: the Blue Jackets. Gotcha. Makes sense. All right, well, good to know. Yeah, Blackhawks were like that a little bit, weren't broadcasting their games. I mean, just growing up in Chicago, obviously was going to be a Blackhawks fan. Then 2009 and past that point came about, and it was easy to be a more dire Blackhawks fan. But always fun betting some puck, Uh, some great opportunities down the stretch of this season, some great opportunities as well still in these college basketball games. Man, talk about Baylor and Kansas State. Back and forth now, Adam, 37 to 35, K-State leading. Plenty of time to go, but uh, again, we were monitoring this one at the half. Baylor was favored a little bit, but it's been minimal with K-State thus far.
7: Yeah, and I think something I'm watching really closely here, this Villanova-Xavier game, this is being played to kind of the pace and the score that Villanova wants. So if they don't come away with this game, that's another red flag, especially with more being as good as he's been here in this one. Xavier wants to play games in the 70s and the 80s in terms of you know, scores for both teams. That's not what this game is.
6: Xavier on the live line, lane, two in the hook, minus a buck 85 on the money line. We'll update that game after the break and much more when we return here on Beeson Primetime.
2: Anyone can win. Relationships matter. And only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on
3: the iHeartRadio app, Apple
8: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be, like are they gonna call me grandma, like I call my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey.
4: kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals join me on the dark side of sports by listening to playing dirty sports scandals on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts this is v Prime primetime with tim murray and sean king on v the sports betting network
6: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID, and you can open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to it. It is VEASAN primetime here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke and Adam Burke filling in for Tim Murray and Sean King. Happy to be with you. And we are live here out of the beautiful Circus Sportsbook with plenty of college basketball action going on right now. Some games coming down. Well, I guess one game coming down to the wire. Uh, we have this Villanova-Xavier showdown. Villanova with a 60-57 to lead. No live line right now. Uh, we didn't really see anything that was that appetizing when we were looking into it, Adam. But talk about what this would do potentially in terms of maybe the odds, in terms of your thoughts, how you would handicap, say, a team like Xavier if they dropped this game going forward. Or do you even put that much into it because, well, they were kind of dealing with injuries in the spot as well?
7: Yeah, I mean, you know, you deal with injuries. Those are things that you have to overcome. I think there are a couple of really interesting things about the box score in this game. The first being... Villanova has three turnovers in this game, so again, that kind of shows you the importance of a player like Justin Moore. And as we've talked about a few times already, you know that his return is moving Villanova numbers: twenty-two points today, three assists, three rebounds. But again, they've got three turnovers, whereas Xavier has thirteen. So, a couple of things, a couple of ways you can interpret that, right? First of all, I mean Villanova taking phenomenal care of the basketball. Second thing is they have ten more takeaways than Xavier, and they're only up by three. You know, so there are a lot of different ways you can interpret stats and kind of what they mean and all of that. But, I mean, look, I, I think in the Big East where you have a lot of good teams, you have some teams that are definitely better than others. But for the most part, you, you take away Georgetown and DePaul and you know, I mean, St. John's has been all over the map. But it's not totally shocking for anybody to beat anybody in this conference, just with kind of the way that it's it's uh, you know sort of been drawn up this year.
6: Miami-Virginia Tech, the Hurricanes laying five in the hook on the live line, Adam. 51-44 to 44 is what the score is with Miami out in front. Total at 142 in the hook. The overs 120. Money line minus 350 for Miami, plus 260 on the buyback for Vod Tech.
7: Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about it going into halftime, and Miami was getting a lot of the looks that they wanted. You know, and and this is a very very good offensive team. They also have 11 offensive rebounds in this game, so they're they're really doing a lot of things that you want to do in in a road setting. You know, they're kind of dictating the game. They're kind of dictating the pace of the game. They've gotten a little bit better defensively, I think, as the game has gone on. Early on, they were playing very soft. Now they're giving up some buckets, but at least they're kind of playing more physical, more aggressively. It, it honestly doesn't surprise me. I just think this is a pretty good Miami team, and. You asked me during the break, is Miami a team that you might be interested in from a future standpoint? And I'll say this, I think they can score on anybody. I, You know, they're, they're creative enough offensively. They've got different weapons. They're very well coached. I think they're capable of being a good offensive team in the NCAA tournament. Are they good enough defensively to make a run? That remains to be seen, and I'll also have to see what their draw looks like because, again, you know, there are some matchups that are just going to be really bad for some of these teams. And at this point I'd rather wait and see the draws on selection Sunday than really get too invested. Unless I'm getting a huge price, like taking a chance on a Texas A&M type team.
6: Yeah. Looking for the price on Miami 50 to one at BetMGM. worth it. I don't think so. I, I, I just, you know, they're a team that
7: struggles a little bit defensively. They are very, very offense t- heavy. If they face a really suffocating defensive team, in a game where maybe you're going to have limited possession, something like that,
6: that would kind of scare me. Uh, Texas AM, Tennessee just begun in the second half. Tennessee gets a quick bucket. They're up 33 to 31 over the Aggies. I am sweating out Texas AM on the money line. Adam's got nothing here in terms of the live betting angle, though. You can lay a point in the hook with Texas AM if you want, Adam. Plus 110 on the other side for Tennessee, minus 145 for money line for the Aggies. Total in this game, 134 in the hook. The over minus 125, under is minus 105. You talked about this before it started. Look, if Tennessee's hitting their threes, then it's going to be really hard for the Aggies to stay in this one. But honestly, Texas A&M has done a good job at limiting, not the three-point opportunities, but for them actually executing on them. Well, and, and you know, look, I mean, for Tennessee, this is the knock on them. You
7: know, I mean, they're three for 15 from three in this game. They They, for whatever reason, just... Can't get inside, and I don't really know why. I mean, they are a pretty long team. They're obviously a very athletic team, but they just don't get high percentage shots, and and they've yet to show that they can really make that adjustment throughout the course of the season here, so they're just going to keep chucking up threes, whether a team defends them well or not, and that's, I think, by and large why we've seen them struggle here over the last little while is that they just get into these big drive another contested oh, three. jeez. Didn't I don't know, maybe he called bank Banks on that, <laughs> but another contested three that probably shouldn't have gone in. So that's the really big concern I have about that team. Uh, a couple of other things to mention here. Toledo's up 25 on Akron. That's a massive statement game from the Rockets because Akron's been playing really really well in conference play for the most part. I mean, they're 11 and 3 in conference play, but a big statement game there from Toledo. And then lastly, a game that hasn't started yet, but Creighton yeah. up to six across the market now. There were some five and a halfs when we started the show. Six with extra juice now starting to pop as well. So looks like um, you know Creighton's getting a lot of support out there for that upcoming game against Marquette
6: that tips off in about 10 minutes. I like Creighton to win that game, Adam. I don't like the idea of length six. I mean, the number seems about perfect, and it's it seemed perfect at five and a half to me. I wouldn't have changed anything necessarily, and now that it's at six, I certainly don't want to jump in on the Blue Jays preflop. What I'm hoping is for just a classic, all right, well, Marquette gets out to an early lead. Maybe Creighton's getting opportunities but not taking advantage of them get a better number on Creighton, and then look to hop in. Because again, this team is very hot, winning their last four out of five games, aside from the double overtime loss against Providence. We know the Golden Eagles have been on fire, winning their last seven out of eight. They already took care of business against Creighton. Uh, Creighton, 12-1 straight up at home. They certainly play better there, obviously. and Just hoping maybe the momentum shifts to Marquette at some point and then look to jump in on Creighton. I think that's the only feasible way I see it.
7: Yeah, and a couple of other games coming up here soon that I want to hit on that we haven't talked about yet. Texas Tech and Oklahoma is is pretty interesting to me because you've got a situation here where Texas Tech, their turnover percentage on defense over 21%. Both of these teams turn the ball over a lot on offense. The difference is Texas Tech takes it away from you. Oklahoma doesn't. Oklahoma is 324th in the nation in turnover percentage on defense. So I think that's why this line is just sitting at two and a half because when I look at Oklahoma, I like them in this game. But the turnovers are the really big wild card. And you mentioned you know, kind of what sort of leads you to a bet, what kind of takes you off of a bet. This is one where I think Oklahoma is the better team. I think two and a half is maybe a little bit cheap, but I don't know how many possessions they throw away in this game that they don't get back. That's the problem that I have with this one. But I think it's interesting – To see just that two and a half there on Oklahoma where
6: I think they are a better team than Texas Tech. So I like that you brought up that statistical category, I suppose. And I think for maybe more novice bettors, maybe some people who aren't fully deep into college basketball when it comes to March Madness. You look for any kind of indicator, any kind of clue for why a team may have an advantage over another when you're making your bracket or you're betting it. If you're looking more so just, let's say, the basics, like free throws, turnovers, rebounding, you know, those type of things, how much of an impact does that have on yours? Aside from looking, like, at the deeper analytics, where, where do you kind of rate that in terms of importance?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think it's huge, you know, because obviously you can't score without the basketball. And if you're giving up possessions, you know, especially your team like Oklahoma, right? They're below the national average in pace, right? So they already play slower. They share the ball a lot. I mean, they're coached by Porter Moser, who was at Loyola Chicago, We know they were a very slow-paced team and all of that. If you don't have a lot of chances to score points in a game because of the tempo you play at, and then you exacerbate that problem by turning the ball over, that makes it really hard for me to want to invest in you. So that's a stat that really matters. I think turnover percentage, especially when you put it in the context of the pace that a team plays with, offensive rebounding is huge, and Texas Tech has a big advantage with that in this game as well. If you're going to miss shots and everyone's going to miss shots, do you get them back? Do you get those tip-ins? Do you get to the free-throw line? Do you force the other team into some foul trouble? Offensive rebounding turnovers are really important. And again, you know the game is very dependent on three-point shooting now. you know, Do you defend the three well? Do you shoot it well? Do you force teams to shoot a lot of them? There are a lot of things that go into my handicap, but those are really the important ones for me. Do you get to the rim? Do you get offensive rebounds? Do you take care of the basketball? Do you take away the basketball? And then how does that all play into the pace and the tempo at which you play at? Great info.
6: Awesome stuff. Adam Burke, folks, at Skating Tripods, where you can catch him on the tweets. Danny Burke, your host as well at Danny Burke5 on Twitter. Villanova Xavier coming down to the wire, baby, 64 to 63. The Wildcats are leading. We'll tell you how that game's wrapping up on the other side of this break. And more college basketball action coming later tonight. All of that here on Decent Prime.
4: This is V-SIN PRIME Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network.
6: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. You want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the Betting Splits page is for you. It's updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see all the changes in the action find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion and you can also check out not just today's action but future events as well betting splits are another way vson is here to make you a better handicapper year round so check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com Welcome back to VEASAN PRIME TIME. Danny Burke and Adam Burke filling in for the usual hosts being Tim Murray and Sean King. We're happy to be with you. Uh, We've got some updates in college basketball. And Adam, you were pretty excited to talk about this game just because it's uh, maybe not alarming, but something to keep note of. Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech close game here eight and a half minutes to go Pitt only up three 55 to 52 six and a half is what Pitt is laying on the live line total 139 in the hook but a little bit concerning potentially
7: yeah I would I would refer to it as alarming this is not a good look for Pitt tonight they're getting 12 or they were laying 12 in this game at home here against Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech is a very very poor offensive team they're okay defensive team, but they're really bad on offense. This is not a situation where they should have been able to keep up with Pitt in this game, but I mean, this game's a toss-up right now with about 10 minutes left to go, and it's one of those where bad games are going to happen. You know, it's going to be a thing, but with the strength of the ACC this season, you're just kind of looking for somebody to be that team, whether it's Virginia or, you know, somebody like that. Pitt has been a team that's been coming on pretty strong here. Uh, since the new year, not a good look for them today. I don't think that they're going to lose this game necessarily, but you know, they were expected to win this game running away, and it's just not been a good look for the Panthers tonight.
6: It is final, Adam. Villanova comes out victorious, 64-63 to over Xavier. What did that close, like four, four and a half, somewhere around there, opened as high as six. Xavier comes through on the road with a one-point victory, man.
7: Yeah, total was 147 in that game. You might have needed double overtime to get there. (laughs) Uh, Terrible last possession by Xavier, too.
6: Really bad. Not good at all. Well, Adam, we got some hopefully exciting games to look forward to later tonight. Uh, How about Texas and Iowa State? Haven't spent too much time on this matchup. The Longhorns at home opened up as about a seven-point favorite. Pretty much seven and a half across the board. Total, we're seeing 136 in the hook. Look, the biggest thing, at least for me in this game, is Iowa State's home and road splits. I think there's two teams playing tonight that are some of the worst, Indiana being one, Iowa State being the other. Iowa State, two and seven straight up on the road, three and six against the number, not only in those road spots, but they're also three and seven against the number their last 10 games. I can't back Iowa State on the road. I, I Look, I, I don't want to lay seven with Texas at the same time, Adam, Kind of my same philosophy with that Marquette and Creighton game. I like the favorite. Don't like the number. We'll wait, see if I get a better in-game spot.
7: Yeah, I think this is a really tricky handicap for a few different reasons. The first is both of these defenses force a lot of turnovers. So we'll see which team takes better care of the basketball. The second is that Iowa State forcing the opponent to shoot a three on 45.5% of their shot attempts. Texas is 34.2%. They're kind of around the national average in terms of shooting threes. But if they're going to turn the ball over, Because Iowa State, I mean, they're second in the nation in turnover percentage on defense. If Texas turns the ball over and they're not shooting above their average on threes, it's hard to cover this big of a number, particularly in a game where Iowa State will probably try to slow it down. If they're successful in doing that, that makes it even harder to cover seven and a half. But at the same time, we've seen Texas be the team that's taking the money in this game here where this line has gone up from seven to seven and a half. So... Really tricky handicap. I, one thing I did kind of hear over the weekend, and we we sort of talked about this a little bit, um, you know, on Saturday with Iowa State and Kansas State. Maybe the Cyclones kind of running out of gas a little bit. You know, they've lost five of their last seven. Uh, they had that nice win over Kansas and beat TCU at home. A little bit of the Hilton Magic for them, but when they've been on the road or they've been in these games where you know they have no, they have very little depth, it's been a big problem for them.
6: So what do you do with this Iowa State team aside from tonight if they were to lose this game going forward? I mean, the numbers are seeming to adjust to them, but it's certainly nothing you'd want to do in the futures department. And I think for me, it's probably you just stay away from them or you fade them.
7: Yeah, I mean, their next two games are at home against Oklahoma and West Virginia. And as you mentioned, they've been much better at home than they have been on the road. But again, you know. One of the things I think is important, and you talked about this in your handicap of Indiana and Michigan State, where, you know, Tom Izzo, you, you don't bet against Tom Izzo in March, is kind of what we've, we've sort of all said. It's not March yet, but you're at the point in the season where the good coaches are going to have their teams where they want to have them. And if you're a team that's struggling at this time of the year, and obviously there are injuries and different factors that come into play, but I mean, this is an Iowa State team that was 13 and two, they started 4 and 0 in conference play. They look like a shell of that team that got off to a really nice start this year. And, I mean, this is a team that, you know, they challenge themselves a little bit in the non-conference. But right now they're just not playing well. So, to me, I mean, even with going back home where they've had better fortunes, I still won't be looking to lay prices with them.
6: Well, speaking of the aforementioned uh, Indiana Hoosiers, we talk about home and road splits. They are on the road, going to East Lansing, Michigan State's first home game since the tragedy that took place on campus the other week. And there's a lot to be said about this game from the narrative perspective, the emotions. Again, if you want to look at the analytical approach from Indiana and that home and road split side of things, but look, Michigan State's getting a lot of love in the market, it seems. They open two, three is the most popular number in favor of the Spartans across the board, but a couple shops here at Circa, uh, they have Michigan State as high as a three and a half point favorite. Total open 136, now up to 137. You know this, Adam. I'm invested in Michigan State, like a lot of other colleagues here at Veasan. I went moneyline though, uh, minus a buck fifty. Again, Tom Izzo. In this time, they need this win. The emotions riding high. Home and road splits. All of that. I do believe favor Michigan State.
7: Yeah, the home and road thing is is the biggest one for me. Where you know Indiana is just uh, we talked about it earlier in conference play. They're shooting fourteen percent lower from three on the road than they are at home. Now, the one caveat is they don't rely on the three. They're only shooting a three about 27% of the time. They can get inside. So that's what they're going to have to do in this game, try to get inside on Michigan State. If I'm Tom Izzo, I do everything I can to force them into those long jumpers. So we'll see. You, know, you talk about coaching. We'll see if Michigan State follows the script in this game. I won't pretend to know what the emotion will be like in East Lansing tonight. I won't pretend to know what impact that has on the players. I I just I don't know. It's it's sadly it's not an unprecedented scenario, but it is one where you know you don't really know how emotional things are going to be at the start of the game. To me, this handicap comes down to Indiana is very good at home and very mediocre on the road. And if you like Michigan State in that context, and I think you go ahead and take Sparty.
6: Yeah, could be as simple as that in this situation with the Hoosiers. Going on the road against the Spartans. Uh, Speaking of the Big Ten, though, with those two teams being in that conference, Big Ten, my neck of the woods, so I'm always paying uh, pretty close attention, both college football and college basketball. What have you made out of the Big Ten conference this year? Certainly not as dominant as in years past. Teams you're buying in on, teams you're selling come tournament time, or maybe even to win the Big Ten conference tourney. Uh, Who has made your good list and bad list, I suppose, is how we could phrase it. Well, it's not a good conference. I'll start with that. There's, there's really
7: not a whole lot of teams I think that you know are, are easy to trust. I mean, you know, Purdue obviously the the cream of the crop here, but Matt Painter's had his struggles in the NCAA tournament with some very, very good teams, as we know. He's kind of in that Rick Barnes type of camp, and I, I want no part of a guy like Rick Barnes. Is is Rutgers just good enough defensively to be really dangerous? They might be. It can be a real struggle for them offensively, but that defense is good. It's pesky. It's irritating. Mm-hmm. It's not something that a lot of teams are going to want to play in the NCAA tournament. Rutgers is a team that kind of intrigues me, and the other one is, and look, they've been so mediocre, but I still think there's a lot to like about Illinois. I still, I still think Illinois is a team I mean, look, when you look at them in terms of two-point percentage, they're a top-15 team on offense, a top-15 team on defense. They're a good offensive rebounding team. There's enough there, I think, to like about Illinois. The problem is they shoot a ton of threes, and they're not very good at it. If they get hot for a week, for a couple of weeks, though, then who knows? that's a team that can make a run. So, Illinois is a team I'm not ready to quit on yet. But, again, I mean, I don't even know if they'll make the NCAA tournament.
6: At what point does Northwestern finally just subside? I mean, or is this team going to keep it going? It's driving me crazy here. I think I've tried to fade them twice the past couple of weeks. Has not gone good for me.
7: Well, I'll say this. According to Bart Torvik, they've played the 11th ranked strength of schedule so far in conference play. They have the number one remaining strength of schedule. So we'll find out about them here over these last four games. And, of course, heading on into the Big Ten tournament.
6: Yeah, Should be fun. Not only that conference, but plenty more, which we will have a lot of coverage, as you guys all know here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Adam and I got one more segment with you here on VEASAN Prime Time. It's been a blast filling in for Tim Murray and Sean King. We are going to wrap up tonight's edition. Again, giving you final updates on all these college basketball games, what games we may be, uh, may be playing later, and anything else we're looking forward to, maybe some overnight lines. So we'll be sure to hit that next. Stay with us. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
8: podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you, here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be, like are they gonna call me grandma, like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity
4: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is v Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on v the sports betting network.
6: Attention, BetMGM customers! Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, They will receive a $50 bonus. And then once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you yourself will receive a $50 bonus as well. So go ahead and share the excitement at BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available mississippi battle well it is our final segment here on v prime time adam burke to my left myself being danny burke the burke brothers in action always gotta love it and always gotta love when we got a good slate of college basketball going on earlier we already saw villanova as an underdog overcome xavier i uh, was at 65 to 64 closes about a four-point underdog or so and they come through we just have this other biggies game tipping off, Adam Creighton and Marquette. Creighton closes about a six-point home favorite. Again, we didn't do anything in that spot. I'm waiting for an in-game opportunity. Uh, you are standing, Pat, as well for that matchup.
7: Yeah, nothing for me on that game. I'm, uh, I'm hoping St. Louis comes through tonight. Also hoping that San Jose State comes through against Nevada. That's plus nine in that one. Now I started looking at the overnights for tomorrow's slate. Uh, one game that I did come close to taking tonight As I told you during the break, there's nothing quite like rooting for an under 125 in college basketball, but (laughs) Air Force and Fresno State are two teams that play at very, very slow tempos. Two teams that are, Air Force is actually good offensively, but very slow-paced game coming here tonight. Um, I got close. It It was close to being a play. Still a lean, I guess I would classify it as, but that was the only other thing I was thinking about tonight. And again, I mean, a good card, but... Not a whole lot of volume in tonight's card.
6: If I'm not mistaken, I think here at Circa there was a 126 posted. So uh, if you feel so inclined to get involved I in that 126 number, there's your opportunity, my friend. I don't. I I might go play craps after this. And there you go. More more of a fun investment than sweating out and under in an, an under an under
7: 125. Yeah, I I would say so. <laughs> maybe I
6: maybe not. I don't know. TBD. Find out. Depends how I run if I go play. That's right. Uh, Adam, how about, so you talked about San Jose State, Nevada. Nevada's laying nine in this game. Expound on that a little bit more. So while you're looking to take the points with San Jose State.
7: Yeah, so maybe it's just a bad matchup for San Jose State. I don't know. But in the first game, Nevada won by 27 points. They had a big edge on the offensive glass. San Jose State turned it over 20 times. Nevada's generally not a good offensive rebounding team. They're generally not a team that takes the ball away a lot. They did both of those things in the first game, and it led to a blowout. I don't really think that that was a sustainable thing for them, what happened in that first game. So, took San Jose State plus the nine, they really like to slow the game down. They get to the rim at a decent rate, uh, but if they can slow this one down, should be able to keep it close, I think, and and maybe give the Wolf Pack a bit of a sweat.
6: All right, some ongoing action to a game we've been highlighting continuously throughout the show tonight. Texas AM and Tennessee. All right, we're looking good as of this moment, at least, with the Aggies. Up forty-eight to forty-one over the Volunteers. I took money line with Texas AM in this game. They're currently laying seven and they're now up to eight in the hook. Forty-nine to forty-one is your altered score. Uh, one thirty-eight in the hook is the total. Adam, you did not get involved in this game, but you had some Perfect observations beforehand and during. Yeah, you did, to the, say the least. You said uh uh to Rick Barnes, and you said, "Look, if Tennessee is going to rely on only chucking up threes, uh, at some point it may not be beneficial to them." And you're kind of seeing it play out here. Well, I mean, look, they're they're five of twenty-one
7: from three. They're volunteering for Habitat for Humanity tonight, putting a bunch of bricks out there. Unintended. Yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, oh, good one. I didn't <laughs> yeah, think about said. that. I did, but you're right. Uh, I mean, look. Texas A&M, they're getting to the free throw line. 17 of 21. I think yeah. 17 of 22 now with that miss. 19 of 23, whatever they are. They're getting to the free throw line. <laughs> so they've been, they have been—they have almost as many free throw attempts in this game as Tennessee has three-point attempts. Jeez. And Tennessee's just, I mean, they're contested threes. They're all over the place. They banked in that one when we were yeah, updating the game. It's ridiculous. But if you're Rick Barnes, how do you not look at this team and go, man, we're really not very good at shooting threes. Let's do something else. Like, I – whatever. We're 28 games into the season, and they haven't figured this thing out yet. So, I don't know what seed line they'll be on in the
6: NCAA tournament, but I'm excited to figure out how quickly I can fade Rick Barnes. It seems like that's been the consensus thought at least – and it might have been before this, but at least when I – have after the football season, been getting deeper into college hoops. Everybody I've talked to about Tennessee has said, I don't want any piece of this team, Mm -hmm. nor do I want any piece of a team with Rick Barnes involved.
7: There's another three. At least they made that one because they shared the ball for the whole shot clock. But, <laughs> yeah, I just – I have no interest. I just – I will say this. You know, you want to talk about coaching, I could beat up on Rick Barnes all day. I'm perfectly fine with that. Kansas State's up 14 with three and a half to go. Now that's Again, something. And, I mean, Jerome Tang, phenomenal second-half coach. Remember that for the NCAA tournament, especially because dude, the NCAA tournament is so unique because you're playing teams you don't play. And you're playing these teams you don't play with a quick turnaround, right? Thursday to Saturday, Friday to Sunday. That benefits coaches. I think that benefits Jerome Tang a lot with what we've seen here from him so far during conference play. Against teams he knows. And that know him.
6: Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at the screen up here. It looks like we're almost going to be official with Virginia Tech and Miami. (laughs) I see that brings a little smirk to your face. Uh, Miami, currently up 69-62. to In some spots, they closed three in the, well, maybe it closed at three, but it hit three in the hook. I took a little piece of the three in the hook when it started hitting at a couple places. And look, even before that, Adam and I were kind of on the same page saying we like the Hurricanes. We get the trend that followed with the non-ranked team and home getting some of the love, but statistically, and just based on how Miami's played, especially on the road, seemed attractive. And then when it got to that number, I had to jump in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I had to check with you. You gave me the confirmation, and I was happy that you did, because it looks like Miami's going to pull through here.
7: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, trends are great, but you also want to handicap the game, you know, and look at the matchup. And I think this was a matchup that did favor Miami, and I wish I would have played it. Uh, but you know, I mean, look, they're up seven here with the ball, and they're kind of doing, you know, what what you and I thought they would. By the way, I'm still sweating out this, just this St. Louis play. My goodness. So Richmond is nine of fifteen from three in the second half. Oh my lord. They were seven of twenty one at halftime. They're nine of fifteen from three, in the second half. All of a sudden, shooting forty four percent. So a big outlier relative to conference yeah. play and
6: the full season. And
7: there's still a chance that St. Louis wins this game. Man.
6: so seventy six to seventy five. A minute left with a game you can't watch. Almost nothing worse than that, right? Or would you? Are you someone who doesn't want to watch it because it would? Just I mean, I have ESPN Plus,
7: but I'm also working here. Exactly. So you know, I guess I gotta, <laughs> I gotta focus on that a little bit more than the game. But you know. It's uh, it's why you never get too excited about a bet at halftime.
6: There you go. Um, some other games really quick in college basketball. Let's
7: I guess see. we could mention this because everyone wants to know about East Carolina and Tulsa. So Tim <laughs> Murray was tweeting about this yesterday, right before we recorded the college basketball betting podcast. Mm-hmm. Tulsa is like three twenty-one and one or something like that against the spread this year. They're up seven on East Carolina in a game that went from East Carolina minus one to minus three and a half. So I don't know if the golden hurricane will be able to hang on, but they're one in 14 straight up in conference play pathetic against
6: the number. Uh, Maybe they get one here though. Who knows? I was going to mention the Pitt and Georgia tech game. So it looks like Pitt probably if they're avoiding anything, just ridiculous should go on to win. They're up 70 to 65 with a little bit less than a minute to go in that game.
7: Yeah, but still not a, not a great performance for them. They're kind of pulling away late here and we'll see if they're able to get outside the number in this one. But, uh, Keep an eye on Columbia, where we got that close one between Mississippi State and Missouri. A very low scoring game. Mississippi State getting what they want in that regard because they'd rather play low scoring, ugly types of games. But Mizzou up a bucket in that one.
6: Let's go to the NHL really quick. Uh, well, we got about a minute left. I guess just one thing I wanted to touch on in the NHL here, Adam. And you pointed it out as he turned around in the sports book and looked. It was nothing, nothing when we talked about the lightning and the Ducks. Tampa Bay figured it out. They're up 4 nothing now. No
7: longer nothing, nothing.
6: Yeah. yeah. So a little bit of a change there. but uh, Not a good second period for the Ducks with the long change, apparently. No, I guess not. It didn't make the necessary moves. Well, Adam, my man, it's been a blast. I know we still got some games sweating out. Uh, I'll be sweating out the end of this Texas AM game, 52-47, to pending the free throw, 48 now. 10 minutes to go in that one. On your live line, people, it's four in the hook in favor of the Aggies. Minus 350 on the money line, plus 260 on the buyback for Tennessee. Uh, you'll be sweating out San Jose State catching nine. I've got Michigan State on the money line. Hopefully we, uh, we end the uh, – I can't speak now. I've used up all my words. Hopefully we end the night fairly well.
7: A lot of words from you here, being out in <laughs> Vegas. You're on air for, what, 10 straight days, 9 straight days, something yeah, like something that? Something
6: like that. It's been a blast, so a lot of fun. Man, and now St. Louis, we got to hope they uh, can figure that out yeah. for you, too. It happens. Yeah, that it does. But big thanks to our production crew behind the scenes. Thanks to everybody for tuning in and all our guests. Big shout out to Adam Burke. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods at Danny Burke5 for myself. That's going to be a wrap. Femi Ababafe, Wes Reynolds coming up next here on BC.